sounds like a ridiculous question to ask people above 30. Um, but you remember Greece, right? The movie Greece? Yes, the movie, right. Uh-huh. This is... This is... <laughs> this is my Greece oh. situation right here. Wow. Welcome to Highly Questionable. I'm Dan Levitard. That's Izzy Gutierrez. Sarah Spain will be ready in a second. He's actually carrying that comb around. Let's get started. Where else am I supposed to put it? <laughs> Did the Clippers expose the Rockets' microball? All right, this producer doesn't have the proper energy for this story. This story is very strong. It's the game last night that people were talking about. And if the Houston Rockets hadn't played last night the way they did in Game 7 against Golden State a couple of years ago, when everything could have been changed, the way we view the Rockets and the way we view the Kevin Durant Warriors could have been changed, it's because this team has more variance than any team in the league because of how they play. They are inventive. They are special. They have made an efficient Russell Westbrook, and I thought his game was going to age very poorly. But for all their inventiveness, they still got James Harden, one of the most confusing players we've ever seen, where Charles Barkley's on the radio with us yesterday saying he's the best offensive player in the history of the sport, and then he gives you that game last night where the Clippers are 10-0 and when they're healthy. The Clippers look like they're ready for the playoffs, and the Rockets look like we're too used to seeing them in the playoffs. Full disclosure here, I did the Rockets-Celtics game last week, and after the Rockets won that in overtime in Boston, I was ready to say the Rockets can make a finals run. I absolutely was, just because if you look at that game, James Harden was struggling mightily from the field, but it was Russell Westbrook carrying the team. He was doing it by getting to the basket, none of those crazy pull-ups, just playing essentially the point-center role. And they were doing it defensively in a way that they have all those wings, they have good size, one through four, and just making P.J. Tucker handle the five, and that's okay. This one, it makes you realize what you can do when you simply defend Russell Westbrook better. And I know that's harder to do than it is to say, but if you can stay in front of him and not allow him to get layups at the rim, then you can absolutely not afford the offer from James Harden or another offer from Russell Westbrook from deep. Then you have to have other people contributing. So this makes me think four out of seven wins for this team against some of these better defensive teams in the Western Conference isn't happening. Yeah, listen, the Clippers are going to expose a lot of people when they're healthy. So this is about the Clippers and their elite perimeter defense and their ability to outsize the Rockets on the offensive side of the ball. But it says much about the Rockets. And, Dan, you're completely right. This is a team that went 7-44 of from beyond the arc in a Game 7 playoff game when they weren't yet doing small ball or micro ball, which sounds like something you'd be diagnosed with, so I prefer to say small ball. Either way, before they even <laughs> decided to go all in on this small player conceit, they were already a feast or famine team because of the style of play and how much they rely on being able to hit the three. So yeah, this is a terrible matchup for them. This Clippers team was particularly awful to watch them play against, but this is going to be a problem for them against any team if they get cold from beyond the arc. I will say this on the Clippers for everybody who's so excited about that team in the playoffs. Playoff Paul George is not exactly the greatest yeah. version of Paul George. 16 of his 76 playoff games, he shot less than 30% from the Woo. field. He can yeah. have some real stinkers. A couple of those came just last year. Sarah, can you help me with something here? He started that thought, as Jeff Van Gundy does often, with, I will say this. What's the more <laughs> annoying phrase, I will say this, or having said that? Both of them seem terribly <laughs> wasteful. Ooh. Mm. It's a toss-up, really. I think it's a tie. 
Also, worth noting, if you had told someone, I don't know, 10 or 15 years ago, that Izzy was going to use the phrase point center in a sentence, and none of yeah. us were going to blink, we were all going to be like, yeah, that's a thing in basketball now, the point center. Yeah, you made microball an illness of some sort. Right. I don't even want to know what like you're one. thinking of there. Mm. They play tonight. Who are you more confident in, the Bucks or the Lakers? Better energy, but still flailing a bit. We need to, I think, go to the bullpen and get a different producer to give us proper energy on these questions. Michael Jordan was someone that we questioned plenty before we had seen him do it. So I feel like a lot of the analysis that's dumb in sports is you look at something like this and you say, well, I haven't seen Anthony Davis do it. I haven't seen Antetokounmpo do it. But I have seen one guy do it, a 35-year-old LeBron James. And I've seen him do it multiple times. That said, the team I trust the most, and it's hard for me to say because I usually believe that if you have the two best players out of the three top players in a series, you will win. But Antetokounmpo and the Bucks have been so overwhelming this season with point differential, with a defense that will carry them, even if those questions you have about Antetokounmpo getting his own shot late doesn't appear. And even if you're valid in having questions asking, hey, how many game winners has Antetokounmpo made? How many memorable shots at the buzzer has he had to make? I understand all of those questions. I would fear LeBron in this situation, but I would trust the bucks yeah your gut tells you i'm not picking against lebron in a playoff situation especially when he has anthony davis next to him but the numbers tell you everything else the bucks are six and one against teams with the top five winning percentage in the league the lakers are one in five every single team that's had a point differential of at least 12 points in the history of the league has gone on to win the title and the bucks are 12 plus points per game in point differential this team has a better balance surprisingly because even though we look at the bucks and we say if you shut down Giannis, they can't do it they they actually are much more diverse in terms of who's responsible for assists and how they run their offense than the Lakers are, who run almost everything through LeBron James and see a massive drop-off when he leaves the court. That doesn't mean that I still don't think the Lakers can do it. It's just that I'm fighting my gut that says don't pick against LeBron when it comes to games that matter, while still looking at a Bucks team that's one of the greatest ever when it comes to the numbers and the success they've had so far. Yeah, it's smart to trust your gut there, not only because LeBron's going to play more, but look at Anthony Davis. I know he hasn't been in the playoffs a ton, but look at his playoff numbers. They're spectacular. And here's the one thing that I sort of hesitate on if I'm a fan of the Milwaukee Bucks. I hate to do it on a one-game sample and on a second night of a back-to-back, but look at what Miami did to Giannis in particular. Just make him that quick of a decision-maker, right? Make him not have to hesitate and make the right pass. Make everything frantic around him and trust that he's going to make the right decisions. I don't trust him. He's just a half a second slower and can lend itself to a bunch of turnovers or just bad offense. LeBron James, you can do that to him for one game. Try it again the next game. It's not going to work, and that's why I have more confidence in that guy. It's not that, oh, I've seen him win championships if I've seen him dissect defenses way better than I can see Giannis Antetokounmpo dissect defenses maybe he'll do that this postseason but so far haven't seen enough of it the Lakers don't have a Bam Adebayo though and that's the through line for the Heat in their successful outings against the Bucks. and also worth noting that the last time the Lakers and Bucks met the Lakers thought they had his number by not making Giannis comfortable in the paint by making things crazy all around him and then he was successful from beyond the arc and as long as there's the threat of him making the three they have to respect it and it's a lot harder for them to use the strategy that they hope to use by clogging up the lane. I will say this, though, Izzy, when you look at what it is that's happening with the Milwaukee Bucks on defense, when you look at the opposing field goal percentages at the rim, the best rim protector in the league is Giannis. Second best is Brooke Lopez. 
Third best is Robin Lopez. Those baskets are going to be hard to get because of Milwaukee's historic so far team defense. The Lakers are going to have to hit a bunch of threes. Having said that, maybe they can't. Yeah, there it is. There it is. <laughs> Should Chris Paul want to play for the Knicks. Yes, you see how good that was? We've got a replacement voice around here. This is a story from Frank Isola. He is saying that Leon Rose, who used to represent Chris Paul, might be interested in bringing him back to New York, which is just perfectly Knicks when you think about it. Getting Chris Paul at the time that he's most likely to be injured in his late 30s with a contract that's bloated, it's pretty Knicks. And I ask you guys here, if we look back at the Knicks and all of their embarrassments, whether it's Spike Lee, whether it's what happened Happened with Charles Oakley. The number of embarrassments is staggering. Is there one better than the one I'm about to present you? Uh-oh. The Knicks All-Decade Team and Honorable Mention. I have it right here, and it's amazing. It's Raymond Felton at the point guard. I, mean, I think Chris Paul right would there. be better. <laughs> no, I can't. I can't because Tyson Chandler is the center. Jeremy Lin is Honorable Mention for about 15 days that he had. Pablo Prigioni is on here, Honorable Mention. Lance Thomas, Steve Novak. They got to get Chris Paul for no other reason because that is garbage. And saying all that, what does Chris Paul get you other than the slightest bit of legitimacy? I mean, you can maybe put a team around him that might get you a six, seven, eight seed in the playoffs next year, and maybe they'll just toss confetti all over New York City just for getting back into the playoffs. But what does that really mean? It just shows you how sad things have gotten. Never mind the owner. Never mind a new GM who hasn't done this before. Never mind any of that. We're going to bring in a player toward the end of his career who is well-respected, and he's going to fix everything? It's such a reason that it just makes you say, man, I'm more sad for them. And I'd be a little bit more sad for Chris Paul if he has to end his career there. Yeah, I appreciate you guys answering the reverse of the question that was asked. We were asked, should Chris Paul want to go to the Knicks? And you guys answered, should the Knicks want to get Chris Paul? And your answers are all correct, right? Like, yeah, he's having a good season right now, and he's actually done wonders for a Thunder team that we didn't expect much from, including being a veteran presence for those youngsters. But you don't want to bring in a guy with a bloated contract at 36 who has an injury history when you're trying to build off of younger stars and be a lottery team. That being said, (laughs) I'm going to answer the question that we were asked, which is, should Chris Paul go there? And let me just say, no one should want to go to the Knicks. But if you're guaranteed to have a lot of money, you're nearing the end of your career, and the Thunder isn't a place where you're probably going to be able to build on that last bit of real brand relevance while you're still in the NBA, then probably the Knicks and MSG is a better place for no other reason than to, like Dan said, add a little bit of legitimacy and see if you can take a little bit away from whatever remains of the mystique around MSG as tiny as that may be. Another little nugget, maybe a little tiny something the Knicks are missing, or I don't know, Gilgis Alexander, maybe a Steven Adams, you know, any Danilo Gallinari, who they used to have, by the way. It's not going to be Chris Paul's going to make the Knicks all of a sudden good again, and this is their starting point. That's just really odd. Well, and the problem is, too, the last year of the contract they would be taking on is that big free agency year with guys like Giannis Antetokounmpo. And we know from past experience, the Knicks are always in the running for the biggest free agents. So they better keep that window open just in case Giannis wants to be the next all-decade team of the Knicks. <laughs> Coming up next on my Soul Stevie show. Oh, nope. no. <laughs> Why? Why would you do this? Okay, the question no. is, how is this going to oh, stop wow. it? No! Oh, he's moving. Yeah, he's moving. I don't want to see. Uh, Why? He, he knows. Because, yeah, if he puts down his shoes, they're going to be sparks. They're going to be sparks. Don't hit a pole. Don't hit a pole. 
Highly questionable is brought to you by Domino's. Use Domino's bypass to bypass the carrier line and get in and out fast. Time to play the game that thinks Cajun seasoning makes everything taste better. Do you question? Yeah, that's true. Even popcorn, believe it or not. You give us topics and events, we question. French fries. Same goes for red pepper chili flakes. Do you question which Jake had the cooler intro? How'd this producer get back in the game? I enjoyed (laughs) the producer with the better energy that was kind of loud. All right, we go out to Minnesota high school hockey. We've got two Jakes. Let's see what happened. Jake and Whoa. Number 20, doing a match with Jake and Casey. Is that what he's going for? Ah, the hair I had in sixth grade. Jake Casey yes. wearing the hair that Dan Levitard wore in a headband in sixth grade. And he grade. says, what's up? Clearly, the first guy was Jacob. The second guy was Jake. Yeah. The first guy was trying to look hard, but we know he's probably about 5'8", 135. The second guy will yes. actually fight you in an alley with that hair. Extra appreciation for a guy with hair who doesn't know what to do with it. <laughs> This guy's hair is not terrible either, by the way. Uh, Our boy Luloff there. But it's just that this comes in. (laughs) This is this is Loverboy in 1980. This this is the lead singer of Loverboy. And that concludes our hockey coverage for the day. There it is. Do you question how this guy will stop? Okay, this is a good question. See, this this producer gets all the good questions here. So we have what? Somebody going down a hill, a motorcycle, a skateboard. What do we have? Maybe urinating. Oh, no. Why? Why would you do this? Okay, the question is, how is this going to stop it? No. Oh, he's moving. moving. I don't want to see. Why? I think he knows. Yeah, if he puts down his shoes, they're going to be sparked. They're going to be sparked. Don't hit a pole. Don't hit a pole. I mean, Uh-oh. better camera. Don't hit a... No. 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 Two poles. Yes, that is about how you would expect that to have gone. Not the worst possible scenario. In <laughs> Not fact, great, next time though. he does it, he might end on a trick going off that ramp. I think you've got something great, going though. there. Let me see that again. I want to see it again no, because I do right. not believe that it could have been a whole lot worse than this. I mean, it could have been worse. Now imagine he hits the ramp and then just does like a backflip out of it. Ready? Okay. Ah! Oh! Ah! Yeah, that's very painful. Honestly, you're very right, because just the one leg hit the sign. It could have been more face first yeah, into the sign. It, it was more like the last trailing leg. Could have been worse. You guys are well aware, right, that the only reason we showed anybody that is so that we could go to the cheap television trick of playing a (laughs) montage of all the skateboarding accidents we've had around here. Because who's not going to sit in front of their television and watch this for 45 seconds? Oh, no! Yes. Here we go. It's the first of many. This guy. I mean, he just has a skateboard in his hand. That doesn't even count. Uh, No, it's the one behind (laughs) him that almost got hit by a car. There's this right there. There you go. Yes, there you go. And then listen nope. to the sound here. Listen to the sound. No, 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 no. Oh. <laughs> no, I don't want that one. Question Bowl is brought to you by Dave. All new Wednesdays at 10 p.m. on FXX. Streaming next day on FX on Hulu. Time to play the game that thinks Dan is the one who messes up the head nod. See? Izzy. Come on. Or nope. no. Two out of three, baby. It doesn't work if you don't do it. Tell us what's on television. We'll tell you if we're intrigued. 
Saturday at 6 p.m. on ESPN, North Carolina at number 12, Duke. What was that? That sounded like the voice of daffodils. Like, come on, man. we got to get a little bit stronger with our producer voices. Uh, North Carolina and Duke, no matter how bad North Carolina is, these teams always play these close, ridiculously close, fun games. Like the last time they met here, this is the end of regulation right here. Where you've got... Got the miss. Jones, can he get a shot? Trey Johnson. Yes! Trey Jones doing that, excuse me. Trey Jones doing that there and then... Later in the game, in overtime, Jones. That's got to feel yes. <laughs> pretty good winning that way. Yes, um, unless of course you're North Carolina, in which case of course that feels pretty terrible. Uh, Sarah, how about you? Are you intrigued? Uh, weirdly enough, no. I think until the tournament starts, the only thing I'm intrigued by is Sabrina Ionescu. All the men's players are like, eh, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Izzy, how about you? Are you? This shows you the kind of season that's been happening for Duke here. This is probably their greatest highlight of the year. It includes three misses and one <laughs> horrible miss. So, yeah, not really interested. Saturday at 7 p.m. on ESPN Plus, George Washington at number three, Dayton. Do we have a prepubescent 14-year-old that's in here reading these questions today? Let's check in. Davidson, last time I talked about them, I said they were better than Duke, and a lot of people at Duke were upset about that, but they've got Obi Toppin, and he is somebody who is going to be a top-five pick. Here he is playing against Rhode Island. What happened here, and how did Rhode Island respond? Woo! Oh, oh, I was so happy no. for him. Lynn, you oh. were going to respond. Oh. oh, you would have been dunking on him as well. Oof, Sarah, are you intrigued? I think I made myself clear. Sabrina Ionescu is who I want to watch, <laughs> yeah, and that's did. it for now. Make, okay, my bad. I, I'm sorry to ask you again, yeah, as if I wasn't you? listening last time. Izzy, are you intrigued? And as much as I agree with you, Sarah, I do love saying the name Obi Toppin, which makes me really happy that he is going to be a Toppin 5 uh, pick next year in the draft. Obi Toppin. Obi Toppin. Yes. Oy. All day long, baby. Tomorrow night on HBO, <laughs> the shop uninterrupted. Okay, we've got a staggering, a breathtaking five CO-no questions today with the producers <laughs> hoping desperately that you do not notice how thin the show was at the top with those basketball questions about three regular season NBA games. Regardless, Patrick Mahomes is being asked a question here by Mav Carter. What does uh, that go like? I started playing quarterback junior year of high school. That's why I really started playing quarterback until now, which is, I think, six years I just really. You've only been playing quarterback six years. Well, I started playing my junior year of high school. I was playing safety. I was playing safety a little bit of quarterback. Yeah. So I literally. I didn't understand how to read defenses until like halfway through last year. I understood coverages, but how to be able to pick up little tendencies defenses do, stuff that Brady and them have done that they they know it and they just do it. Second nature. I was just playing. And then this year I could, I could actually recognize more and more stuff. And I think the more experience and the more I learn, then I'll be able to go out there and call plays and do that different stuff because I've seen it. And I still think there's there's a long way for me to go there. And that's where mentally I think I can get better. Physically, I feel like I've I've done a lot of stuff. I always work on the fundamentals and doing that stuff. But I think mentally I can still take my game to a whole nother level. 
That's crazy to say. Randy Moss, it is said, only in his first year, knew how to run fly routes, fly routes, fly routes. <laughs> had 17 touchdowns anyway. That guy's going to grow as a player. Sarah, are you intrigued? Very intrigued. If you're telling me that Patrick Mahomes is a tiny percentage of what he could be, I am super in, and I always love the shop. Always good. Izzy, how about you? Are you intrigued? Definitely intrigued. I will say this. Uh, Patrick Mahomes was at the Maz Pelicans game I was at Wednesday wearing essentially the same thing. It doesn't look bad. I'm just saying he definitely has a style. I will also say this, having said that, is that um, I always <laughs> thought that when my hair grew out, it would look like Patrick Mahomes. It doesn't. That's all. <laughs> Izzy, I don't think you should be talking about the shirt of Patrick Mahomes. At least he was wearing a shirt. We'll send you out for the weekend. Uh, we will send you out of here this way with beefcake sensuality. Izzy Gutierrez, you could catch him on NBA sidelines and on Outside the Line. Sarah Spain, that's what she said, is the name of the podcast. Check it out. Uh, and you can catch Izzy on train tracks for no good reason. Shirtless. It's a nice day.